Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, May 20th, 2023. Today on the Ether, the Caliber Capital Group Caliber Cookout, Episode 2. Let's take a listen. All right, perfect. Haas, we got uh, we got Dave going to do a little introduction on Caliber. And then we'll, we'll go around the room, let uh, all the projects and their teams introduce themselves with the four speakers. Um, and then your spaces, you guys can uh, have from there. Thank you very much for, for, for giving me a moment or two. Um, how's, how's it going, Hoss? Are you, are you free to speak? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm, uh, <laughs> my allergies are just like terrible right now. I'm having like an <laughs> That's one of the, uh, the positives about getting older. You know, it's like you're, you wake up and then you're freaking allergies. And where I, where I live at, like the weather's like been real warm and then now today it's like raining so my allergies are just like terrible right now but, but i'm good though i'm good to speak about to pop some pop some claritin and get it going it's, it's been a week like that for me as well like everything started blooming and pollening and yeah just lots of sneezing and puffy eyes and it's uh it looks like i'm wrecked most of the time but oh, um, yeah yeah that's... <laughs> it's horrible like i live i live in the woods basically and it's just so bad right now. Like I wake up and my eyes are so puffy. <laughs> it's it's horrible. Yeah. Um I'm I'm looking forward to this one today. I, I get to meet some new people and, and Steve's out of town. Normally he'd do the the caliber introduction, but um I'll I'll run you briefly through what we're about and then um I'm not sure who's with which protocol at the moment because you're all on your personal account. So um it's gonna be an interesting one whilst I figure that out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, exciting, an exciting uh, show today. We've got some people on um, that are building uh, tools for ecosystems much larger than themselves. And I'm really intrigued to, to find out how they're looking to support, as I say, not just the people that are directly involved with them, but uh, the broader uh, crypto and NFT space as a whole. So uh, looking forward to this one. Um, Caliber Capital Group are... Um, an end-to-end marketing protocol, essentially, but but with more behind it than that. Um, looking to offer solutions to anyone in the in the crypto industry, uh, from uh, releasing a product to uh, building their own tools uh, or uh, building anything. Essentially, um, we're working with people in uh, across different chains, like Hoss. Um, on Cosmos, specifically myself and Polygon. Uh, we've got people uh, on other chains as well, and we're looking to build these relationships. And part of the reason we're doing these spaces is in an effort to, to do that and to introduce this, um, what's the right way to say it, but introduce this uh, ecosystem that's as a whole rather than um, inclusive and, and kept individual chains. So that's kind of a very, very brief introduction of what we're doing. Like the range of services that, that we're able to offer uh, go from anything from sort of legal uh, 
information or advice or will be advice at some point soon um, all the way through to sort of successful marketing campaigns um, and, and being able to get involved with that as well. Uh, if you want more information, hit our website, which is uh, calibercapitalgroup.xyz, I believe, um, and you can uh, check that out in uh, the caliber pro uh, the caliber profile uh, that Steve's on. I don't know, um, Hoss, if there's anything you'd like to add to that um, or introduce yourself briefly, uh, and then we'll go around the room and get some introductions from other people. No, I mean, that was well said. I mean, like this space, one of the things that, from my experience, I've been in it basically since COVID, like full time for the most part. And the, uh, the, the information's kind of fragmented, the marketing's fragmented, the trust of, of like any sort of particular marketing, you know, could be a great area at times. So I like what Caliber's attempting to do is put together a roster of people that basically just like devote their life to this crazy space. And then, you know, and um, have reputation behind it because at the end of the day, most of us, well, I would say most, pretty much all of us, especially ones that are just like using PFPs that really don't dox themselves too much, even though it doesn't technically matter, I guess. Um, your reputation and your word is like your bond and, and that, that can go south real quick if you're not, you know, respectful, honorable, you don't have, you know, you have to need, you have to have integrity and things of that nature. And that's kind of what I built my foundation on. Like when I do anything in this space and one of the things that I'm personally blessed with is getting to speak with different teams behind the scenes at all times. And, you know, like the way I roll is like whatever they tell me, I'll never tell anyone else. And I just like, as I want to be in this space the rest of my life and, and not burn any bridges whatsoever and just kind of help and uh, be a part of it. And, and um, marketing is obviously essential. And I think a lot of protocols and teams, especially like I'm more familiarized with Cosmos, like they build really, really cool technologies, but then they don't really try to tap into any sort of traditional marketing. And I get like, Hey, we're web three. We don't really want to associate that much with web two, but there are some key functionalities of web two and just businesses as a whole that work. And, you know, we're trying to a caliber kind of, you know, be that bridge between web two and traditional business, so to speak into web three. And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of my spiel and I'm always happy and grateful to have any of these conversations and talk to teams because, you know, I'm always about learning. And I think most people in this space right now during this market condition are here because they believe in, you know, the core technologies and they just want to keep learning and growing themselves. So that's why I like doing these things. Uh, thank you very much. I think you covered off, you know, the why, which, which I didn't get. Um, I, I didn't expect to give the caliber introduction today. I probably should have done, but I didn't expect to. So um, thank you for, for having my back, Hoss. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go left to right because I've got no other way of doing this. And again, I'm not, not entirely sure who's who, but if I read your profiles as I do this, I might, I might be able to figure it out. Um, so Pantera, um, I believe OB Money. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself and then a little bit about um, what you're doing over at OB Money, if I'm pronouncing that right? Yeah, sure. Uh, can everybody? Can everybody hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, we cool. got you. Um, yeah, so I'll just start off with a quick uh, anecdote. Um, uh, my my founding partner at OB and I, we've both been in the space uh, for like six years now. Um, and, you know, we've done a bunch of different things in different ecosystems. We've done developer tutorials. We've done uh, different tooling. Uh, we've we run validators in different networks, and uh, we're both pretty much like married to the game, as the kids like to say it these days. Um, 
And so one day he's like, Hey, if I, if I get hit by a bus, can you help me recover my assets? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I didn't, I didn't think so much about it. Um, and then like three weeks later, I get this package in the mail and it looks like a bomb and there's like wires and like he there's instructions with it and it's like cut the yellow wire if you think i died from natural causes and cut the green wire if you think someone murdered me and if i got murdered you know, like my cousin's gonna show up but he's wearing an eye patch and he's gonna whisper three words in your ear and remember the middle word and only you can dream about the last word to my seed phrase and i'm like dude this is like the most insane convoluted mess to recover your assets ever like what the fuck is going on and he's like well it's the only way i could recover my assets and make sure that you don't collude with my cousin or they don't collude with someone else. And, you know, you guys don't steal my money. You know, I got to make sure that there's all these dead man switches and stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is insanity. Like, how, why would you do this? And he's like, well, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, my way is kind of just as stupid because I just wrote down my seed phrase on a napkin and like put it in my wife's nightstand. So it's like totally insecure. And, and so like, we realized that, uh, just this like crypto in general at, at its very core has a really big problem with with self-custody and you know we're huge believers in self-custody um if if you're not a believer in that then you know just go to a bank and i think there's a lot of people out there in crypto that they, they they're quote unquote crypto users but they've never really moved into a self-custody platform they've never used a um a wallet like metamask or like kepler and the cosmos um and they just stay on like Coinbase or or on Binance or whatever. And, uh, you know, everybody knows what happens when when it's not your keys, not your crypto, right? You you get rugged or or whatever. Um, so it's really against the ethos of crypto in general. And so at Obi, what we do just to kind of not be talking here for an hour, um, we we create account abstraction. So now your account, instead of it just being uh, like a, you know, a private key, public key pair, uh, it's actually a smart contract and we can integrate a bunch of different like next level sort of security and convenience features into that. Uh, we package that up into an SDK and we work with uh, platforms that you might be familiar with on, on basically upgrading their accounts so that users can, you know, easily onboard, make it like a, almost a centralized exchange feeling or whatever. Um, and then from there, you know, the, the sky's the limit. So uh, at risk of not talking over everybody for an hour, that's, that's our, that's our spiel there. And uh, I met you down in Texas, didn't I, last year? I'm pretty sure. And I have a yes. personal picture with you. I'm pretty, yeah, okay. I was just, I was like, yeah, yeah I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, for that's sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's hilarious with the with the napkin ordeal. Yeah, man, I, I have so many wallets. It's like, <laughs> I was telling my wife that I've been teaching her little by little about crypto and kind of getting her more familiar. She's always like, well, what happens if something happens to you? <laughs> I'm just like. I'm like that guy, right? I'm like, I'm going to live till I'm over 100 years old. You're okay. But it's always nice to have like a fell switch and something to, to do. And it's pretty cool. Like, um, I know a couple teams are, are working on solutions, blockchain solutions for that that whole scenario. You know, if like something you passed away or whatever. So it's going to be cool because there's, there's teams working on um, mitigating that and making it more realistic because we all know. Uh, this space is, tends to be a little bit on the younger side, so we're kind of familiarized with how like tech works and computers work. But the people that you know, sadly, in the world usually have more of the money and more of the wealth, or tend to be on the older side of things, and they could barely use the computer at all. So like, this would just be just a different world for them to even like what what the heck you mean? I can't like what what are you what what is this? They're so used to 
like you were saying, the banks, they're so used to the banks doing everything. They're the same people that are still writing checks, you know, and sending it in the mail because they don't want to make an online payment. But they'll have, you know, I, like my background's in accounting and finance. And uh, yeah, I, I I got in this space and, and I feel bad for any of you out there that kind of got murked by like FTX and Voyager and BlockFi and Celsius and all that. But I, you know, I don't want to say I'm the smartest human being, but I didn't get this space for anyone to hold my keys and my assets for five to maybe 7% returns. You know, I got in this space because I want my money to be my money and no one else gets my money unless I want to give them my money. And um, yeah, so the the whole, like you need to get your keys and, and hold it, please, you know, anyone out there, I'm sure most of you probably, if not all in this space, you know, that's why you're in here right now during this market condition because you're probably smart. But uh yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I talked to so many people and they're like, oh, I got Adam on Coinbase. And not that I don't like Coinbase, but they're like, what's going on with it? I'm not getting much yield and I'm not getting this and that. I'm like, well, first of all, why do you have your keys on a centralized exchange? Like they need to just be in a hardware wallet or whatever, you know? And yeah, so it's a, it's a big, it's a big ordeal. And, and we're seeing it grow. Like as the market goes down, there's more and more money still locked in the DeFi protocols because people are believing in it. You know, like the, it was, I hate to say a blessing, but when the whole FTX thing and all these other things have happened, it had nothing to do with crypto. It's more so just humans being greedy. And that's why most people got into the space, maybe not even realizing it, but that's why I got into this space because I always say, but all blockchain is a decentralized accounting ledger with perfect numbers and perfect equations and all the numbers add up. And then you just build really cool shit on top of it. And um, yeah, that's my whole thing is like, just always hold your own, you know, like hold, hold your future in your hands. Don't let it, let it up to be to someone else. So anyways. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people like they get into the space because of speculation, which I mean, it's not a bad thing if that's, you know, your entry into the space, but um, just to, give another quick anecdote here. I was, I was actually sitting at a, at my local bar like a couple months back and there was these two older guys, like, I mean, wearing like collared shirts to the bar type older guys. And one of them's like, yeah, my nephew got me involved in like Bitcoin mining. And the other one's like, I don't understand the benefits of Bitcoin. And, you know, I, I perk up a little bit cause I'm trying to hear like what they're saying. And the guy who was pro Bitcoin was like, you don't understand. Like I have this Coinbase account and nobody can track anything I do on this Coinbase account. And I was just like, face palm like all right i'm just gonna drink my beer and not even get involved with what these guys are talking about because the guy whose side i would be on like has no idea what the fuck he's talking about so <laughs> but that's just the reality i guess you know yeah yeah totally <laughs> but like that's yeah I'll, I'll let the next guest go but like that's the thing with me because like for like on a, on a day-to-day basis i'm probably speaking with 30 to 40 people per day like in my real life job and it's all about accounting and numbers and taxes and finances and and for the I'm 37, full disclosure, but like most of the people on a day to day are older than me that I'm dealing with. And I just love like hearing the, the things that they say. It's always so fascinating how how um, they're very hands on ish, but they don't want to use technology for anything. And, and they always want to say, I can't do this. I can't do that. And it's not that they can't. It's just that they don't want to do it. And not all of them, but most of them don't use the technology. And I'm sure even younger generations too, but mo- most people don't use the technology for what it actually could be, be you know, to do like uh, information, education, things like that. But yeah, same thing. Like I talk to people about Bitcoin and then the same thing, like they just put it on a centralized exchange because it's easy. Like, you know, you put it on there and then that's it. And that's the thing about 
why I get real, um, I'm real in tune with people that are building tooling out there to make it easier for people like that. You know, they don't want to have to do this and that and 16 wallets and all this other stuff, but they need to learn how to just like hold your own keys and, and things like that. So if anyone's making one click transactions and make it more simplistic and not overwhelming and, you know, more friction, I'm all for it. But yeah, it's just, that's what we got to keep doing. And that's one of the one things that I, you know, I've been pushing my whole um, time in crypto is just education, trying to teach people. I don't care what their skill level is, really sophisticated or just like a noob. I just try to help out everyone because it, it, it's a fact. Like, at my point, my vantage point, like crypto is kind of like that uh, life raft that <laughs> we all need because there's no other options. I mean, I'm just a money guy and there's just what what's going on and like right now even in america like they just want to keep printing more and then they're sitting there saying we're going to put the 14th amendment because they don't want to default and all this other stuff but realistically there has to be a great reset at some point like they can keep putting more fuel on the fire and just keeping that fire going but eventually that fire has to end like the fire just needs to end and uh, we'll see but like it just makes me more and more bullish on crypto in the long run. Maybe not in the short run, but just in the long run, because there's no other options. There's really no other options. So uh, let's go over to Calm for with Whitewell. Yeah. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Thumbs up. Perfect. So I'm Sencom. Nice to meet you guys. I'm CTO of White Whale. And for those of you who don't know what White Whale is, so we're a DeFi team originally coming from Terra, but after the collapse, we pivoted. We now have our own chain, Migaloo, and we have our own application, a DEX with flash loans and a bunch of stuff. And we're just builders in this space. And um, I'm just looking through the crowd here. There are a couple of familiar faces, Backbone Labs, JG, Maslin, those guys are building with us. So we're like one team, one group. So yeah, excited to be here today. Regarding what you just said on the on the self custody, I think it will take from a technical technical perspective really a lot of time to solve this to sufficiently solve the problem. I mean, we we had Ledger and Trezor so far, but I mean, I don't have to you know rephrase what everybody just saw the last weeks. It just it's a shit show. And apparently it was never secure in the first place. So I'm just thinking maybe for the time being until the problem is actually solved, the most secure way is to just use, you know, get some, some old laptop, you know, put on some old Linux, get your keys there, encrypt them, and maybe write it on a paper and give it to your brother or something. So it's, it's a long way to go for mass adoption, but I think it will involve some kind of really secure enclave in a mobile. Sen, did you ever hear of a Keystone wallet? I did, but I didn't look into it. Yeah, it's really good. It's, um, so it's 100% air gap, it's QR, and it, it has like a fail switch. So if someone tried to, it, it looks like a little mobile phone. It like feels like a mobile phone. It's touch, it's touch screen. You can, you can, there's different functionality on it. Like you can put your biometrics if you want, or just the password or whatever. It's, there's all kinds of different settings. Long story short, if you tried to physically like get into it, it just automatically wipes it clean. So there's, and, and you never have to put your seed phrase on the computer. It's every, like every wallet's just basically a view all wallet. And I've been using it for a while now. It's just a better experience. I have like three ledgers 
And even before this whole crap happened with Ledger, I just never liked using them in general because every time I would do a transaction, I got to sit there and blast buttons over and over and over. It's just not a good time. And not only that, they always said, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to hold a charge, you know, and that, not one of them. I have three of them. Not one of them after I opened it up out of the package held a charge. Like I always said, so I always had to have it plugged in. And like these keystones, they're enabled with like mostly every single wallet, including Kepler. And um, yeah, it's just a better experience. Like I have no no issues whatsoever with it. I feel real safe. Like they don't store your, you, you know, it's actually, everything is on it. So like, like I said, you don't have to put your seed phrase anywhere and it's not backed up anywhere or anything like that. So that that's just wanted to throw that in there. That's an option for people to kind of look into. I personally really like them. They're, they're good. So that was my thought, but good. I think um, just 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 to come in on this, like from a UI UX perspective, and I've um, I've helped build a system from scratch, like in house for an insurance company, including underwriting engines, MI, uh, customer facing, and uh, internal uh, customer facing um, portals and aspects of it. And like the the thing that it always comes down to is simplicity. And I know there's issues with two FA, but this needs this whole space needs to move to a point where two FA authorization is kind of linked in with your keys um because otherwise the, the the vast majority of people just aren't going to get it quickly and they'll give up like the the clicking four or five buttons to sign something to move through a transaction it's just not friendly to the average end user and i think that's that's where we need to get better um con i don't know is there is there anything that you want to sort of explain about white whale before we we, we introduce our next speaker sure so yeah, as I said, so we originally started on Terra Classic. Um, we had some open arbitrage protocol that was ironically built around protecting the pack. You know that didn't didn't work out. I think we had some forty-ish million TVL trying to you know protect forty billion. So it didn't work out. But still, we learned a lot during the crash. And while a lot of projects just you know disappeared with whatever money they had left, we decided to. Stick in the game, keep building, you know, keep keep grinding through the bear market. And just I think three months ago, we launched our own blockchain. It's called Migaloo. It's a permissionless, you know, Cosmwasm blockchain like like Terra, like Juno. You can just build your apps there. And I think the, the most interesting piece of information about this chain is that we are the first chain to allow cross-chain staking. So you can, for example, if you have Luna right now, you can move it over to our chain, stake it there and secure the chain while at the same time earning some whale tokens. So that's, I think, a very uh, groundbreaking step we took. And um, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about White Whale. You guys can you know, ask later about it. We'll, we'll come back because that's exciting stuff and there's going to have been some challenges and wins there. And that's kind of something that, that we want to cover regularly with our guests is, you know, like what, what, what's been your learns? What, what can you offer as input to other people? Um, but no, thank you very much, Con. And um, I'm, I'm supportive of One Planet and I know a, a lot of NFT projects that came from, from Luna over to, to Polygon. And, you know, the community as a whole is just insane. Like um, the, people that, the people that stuck with it, like you say, are, are, are strong. Um, to say the least, and they're definitely about this space. Um, for me, it's it's uh, JG. Um, you're up next. Um, I can't see uh, Skeleton Punk. There we go. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so let's see. Uh, I've been in this space for a little over three years. 
um, the founder of another protocol called NFT Switch. I'm the strategic director of the Skeleton Punks, and I'm one of the four founders of Backbone Labs. Uh, we uh, are core partners with White Whale and the Migaloo chain. Um, Backbone Labs ethos is to protect L1s and give them their own identity. We produce B assets that are fused with NFT communities. And so our business model is that we ride the whale, <clears throat> we follow White Whale, and we deploy our LSD Gravedigger where they have their DEXs. And this model for us, you know, what Migaloo has this uh, service as a chain, like they can like come to a chain, implement their products and create activity. We are fully partnered in that system. And so we are going to follow them and that's our journey right now. And then I can also go more into detail about that when we go deeper into it. <laughs> sure. I was just going to say shout out to your handle, my guy. I like it. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry, Dave. I just had to say that. That was kind of funny. Oh, no, no, it's all good. I was just going to I was just going to ask a question. It's like cuz it's not this isn't the only thing that you're involved in and it's not the first thing you're involved in. So kind of well, it doesn't seem to be. So like, what 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 inspired you to to push with uh, with skeleton punks? Uh, I mean, that's kind of a a story in itself, you know, the Skeleton Punks were one of the big NFT collections on Terra. Uh, we had one of the best mints. Unfortunately, the founder and creator of that project, they rugged our community for $350,000. We tracked him down, we doxed him, we took his project away, we submitted all the stuff to the marketplaces, and they gave us the control of the wallets, so we kicked them out. Then the crash happened, which was really brutal. Uh, but I was fortunate. I was fortunate to have a, a grant application in for NFT Switch, like right at that time when the builders grants things happened. They gave me a grant for like 27,000 Luna, and we were able to resurrect the skeleton punks, build NFT Switch, and build Backbone Labs. That's a story that, like, you know, it's, it's just reciprocal, it's just felt over and over again, isn't it? And I think. Again, the strength of um, community uh, comes through with that story for me, most of all, uh, JG. And definitely want to want to get into that later. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's anything you want to add, Hoss. If not, we should um, let Miguel make his introduction. No, I just, uh, like, how did you get into space in the first place? I always like to know people's stories of, like, how they even got into it in the first place. Uh, so for me, it started with mining, like, four years ago. That's pretty much the journey and then it went into like ethereum and nfts like three years ago and i remember buying a bunch of sandbox land and i did really well because i bought them for like 800 and sold them for like four ETH. <laughs> it was pretty crazy right and then you know from there it was oh what's the cosmos oh luna and then i you know unfortunately i went down with the ship and i went down with voyager and i went down <laughs> I went down with it. Yeah, you got like he got beat up like you're in a boxing match. But look, man, you gotta man. you gotta you know, like as long as you get up in that ten count and you get back you get your ass back up, it's all that matters. And that's I, yeah. I'm always I, I'm really appreciative of of any team that kinda was in Terra and was able to survive it because like I, I you know, I, I was in Luna and USP and, and pretty much all of Cosmos got really negatively affected when that happened. But if you were like diversified, that's one of the things I always like about Cosmos is there's a lot of app chains that I really believe in in the long run. So like I'm, I'm all over the place in it. And if you were just in Terra's ecosystem, then unfortunately you got like beyond wrecked. But 
but no, it's it's always nice to see because I've I don't know I've probably talked about like ten teams or so that came like was originally building in Terra, and then the one thing about Terra's ecosystem, and it still stands still, is you know they're like a lot of them are like the best developers in this space, and um, you know if you're if you're really good, you're gonna figure it out. But no, nah, man, it's nothing but respect, and I I like what you guys are doing with like the NFTs and. Um, I'm, I'm an NFT junkie. So like anytime someone's doing something that's kind of different than what other people are doing, I'm always like, my eyes are always looking. So, but no, that, that, that's a good story, man. I appreciate it. Mike's, Mike's are funny things into it spaces when like, often it's my thumb. That's a funny thing, but I think that time it might've been the mic for us. Um, Miguel, uh, from Pulsar finance. Um, how are things with you? Do you want to do the same thing? Give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself and then, um, talk a little bit about Pulsar finance as well. Hey everyone, uh, can you hear me well? We have you. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, I'm Miguel. I'm one of the founders at Pulsar Finance. Um, I actually share a little, a lot of similarities with some of the guests here. I started my journey in crypto four or five years ago. Um, I invested actually in 2018, my first uh, investment, and was like a few days before uh, one of the biggest crashes in January. So that was a learning lesson. And after that, I just kept crypto as a, as a kind of bad experience. And then I started investing even more. And the few years afterwards, I started digging into Ethereum and eventually found Cosmos. And eventually, in the last two years, I found Terra. And I started building like a portfolio tracker. I felt that the space, when, when we started investing in my co-founders, we had no good alternative to track our assets on Terra, on Cosmos. So we actually end up starting building one. And our mission was to build the best portfolio tracker on Terra. And right when we were about to launch the same week, uh, Terra collapses. So uh, we pretty much had to wrap our heads around. Uh, we had this whole mo more complex um, portfolio manager on Terra with profit and loss since block zero before even pre, pre even pre IBC compatibility so it was a huge uh, huge challenge that we had to build we had like these tax calculators and then we just said okay this happened let's get our ads around we got the the grant uh, si similar to some some other projects that said on terra and we kind of start building a more simple and different project uh, on the on the portfolio tracking we start positioning ourselves more as a uh, cross-chain aggregator on the Cosmos ecosystem as well. And we went from Cosmos to Cardano to Tron. And now we are going to launch an EVM space. And our goal is simply to be a one-stop shop for users to track their activity, to track their portfolios and see how they're doing overall in their in their um, crypto investments. Just, just and I haven't um, had much time, unfortunately, this week to look into you guys before we've chatted. But um, just going through the Twitter profile of Pulsar Finance, um, the UI UX just looks super clean um, and, and user friendly and, and understandable, just just from a first glance. So um, I think I think they're key things as well, uh, Miguel. And it's nice from my perspective to see people focusing on that aspect of what is complex information being wrapped into one page for people. Yeah, I feel that the space is a completely wild west when it comes to lack of standards. And we try to come up with a different perspective from the TradFi space. 
uh, I, I actually ran different products and SaaS businesses in my in my in my background is founding other businesses for the web space and helping digital marketing agencies, influencers with their uh, optimizations, analytics. So we kind of built products that were really crucial in terms of UX before. And when we entered the crypto space, we felt that there was a little bit of noise on every single thing. So our goal was to make a simple product that separates uh, your assets into some simple categories. And from there, users will have a much better understanding of, of their whole and overall positions. So yeah, that was kind of kind of the mission that drove us to build this, is to make an, an easy experience for you to make your investments. So for example, if I'm if I'm investing in Web2, I kind of use eToro, I kind of use the Giro, simple tools to help me understand uh, my dividends, my um, overall uh, PLs. And in crypto, we don't have something like that. Uh, I used Zapper Bank in the past, and they are pretty much only EVM compatible and the PNL was not never kind of prioritized on those tools. And we feel like the tool that you use in crypto should be uh, a one-stop shop if you want to make your investments. It shouldn't be jumping around from one place to another, getting scammed by, uh, if you are a beginner, of course, uh, getting scammed by fake websites with these uh, uh, fishy URLs with fake wallet, fake wallet inputs that ask you for private keys. So yeah, at that point, we just felt that we needed to build something better and unify the whole UX. We started with the reading of your portfolio, but we're definitely going to go for uh, the execution part as well. I, I think what what like and you see it with NFT marketplaces, and I I I like play all over the place, but NFTs is where I like find my inspiration and and where like I, I get really excited with the what the potential of what they can be if you look at them as uh, individual markers for end users, and you can put anything you want in in that individual marker. Um, but the the NFT marketplaces, like what what creators need is an aggregator essentially, which is kind of what. It sounds like you're doing um, a place where they can go and pick the products that that build the products or the marketplaces that fit them best, uh, dependent on what they need. Maybe with ratings, maybe with kickbacks. Um, we see it with like um, insurance companies in the UK. Um, you know, comparethemarket.com, for example, um, that kind of thing. And it's, it seems that you're building something similar to that. And um, these are the tools that, that excite me um, about this space, and that I think will will help people come on board um, in the long run, as as long as you can get visibility of them. I'm just going to get um, Pantera back on stage. I don't know, Hoss, if there's anything you want to say to, to Pulsar before we, um, you know, just ask our first question. No, I mean, I've met them. I've done some spaces with them. They're a good team and it's a much needed product. You know, as much as I love the Cosmos and like the app chain thesis, it's getting better just all in general in, in uh, Cosmos. But initially it was really frustrating. You know, I like I, I just felt bad for people that would only have like a mobile phone. Right. I would have four monitors up. I'm lucky to have like all these monitors. And I'd I'd have so many tabs on each screen and then it would be so hard to just track anything. Like I'm like, man, like just even prices on something. It's like, oh, you know, maybe there's a better price over here. Or there's a better price over here. Like there, it was always just really difficult. And then, you know, with your portfolio and just data, like I'm really, you know, I, I think we all are, but we we like data. And if it's all fragmented and it's all over the place, it gets really frustrating. And I think Pulsar, you know, it's really it's really nice, and I think also they should have probably added. I, I, 
pretty sure you don't even have to connect your wallet. So if you're like one of those people that are real like, oh, I don't want to connect my wallet to anything. Well, they even offer, I think, view all, if I'm correct. Like you could just put your actual wallet address in there and they could just, you know, add it to your portfolio. Because like the way I am and the way I always preach is like to have, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't think you need to have as many wallets as I do because I'm out of control. But, you know, have a few, at least a few wallets because I always look at it like oh, I have like the oh shit wallet. I have this wallet. And if anything ever happened or you got compromised, at least you have, you know, you're diversified. And that's the thing I've learned in this space. And just in general, even with the Luna and UST crash, it's like, man, I need more stable coins because I was everything was pegged to UST for me. And um, when the market was ripping, you know, la that summer, I was taking tech, AKA, I was, you know, I thought I was taking profits, but, you know, I was like, oh, I was just going to stack a bunch of UST. And, and that was obviously the wrong play. I should have had more other stable coins, you know, but I was like in that whole lore. I was like, man, you know, screw stable coins that are just pegged 100, 100% to the dollar. Like this is backed by, you know, like basically it's just backed by crypto. And I was, I was in that mindset, but even with that and just your wallets always be diversified because if you just have one wallet and you have a bunch of funds on it, you just like never know, you know, you always want to have kind of like an oh shit wallet. So that's, that's kind of my thing, but no, I appreciate when people were making it easier and I always call it customer experience, just a better customer experience for the end user. Anyone that's doing it, I'm always like appreciative of it. So. And, and, and that's something else that I've done in, in that same previous life was customer mapping, customer journey, uh, touch points, um, and, and figuring out, you know, how you can enhance uh, that customer experience um, or make it as simple for them as possible um, whilst, you know, making it as cost efficient uh, for yourself as a company as possible. So, no, thank you very much, Hoss. A um, couple of things that, that we want to chat about today, but, but we don't necessarily need to stop there. Um, and we, we intend to run these for 90 minutes to two hours, but if they go longer than that, that that's not a problem. Um, as long as Hoss has got the time um, and Steve gets uh, keeps some battery on his phone uh, wherever he's kicking about on his travels. Um, one of the things that, that we do want to ask is, like, um, what's the news this week that's kind of stood out for you? Or um, is there something that, that, that's happened um, this week for you, you guys as a, as a protocol that's just been really big? Um, um, yeah, so I, I didn't really make that very clear. Um, if there's like one one bit of crypto news or, or uh, technology this week that's sort of come out that's, that's excited you or, or offers avenues for where you want to move next as a protocol, um, what's it been? That's the, the question we want to ask. And I think we'll keep the order, um, which we started with Pantera. So, um, yeah, Pantera, if you've got an answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I guess I could just talk about the obvious one, which is the the ledger ordeal. Um, so sorry if I just stole everybody else's answer there, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because it does directly apply to what we're building at Obi with, you know, what we call it multi-key, uh, cause it's, it's basically a multi-sig, but you own every key and each key has a different attack vector. So like one of them is, is a key that lives on the secure enclave on your phone or whatever the Android equivalent of that is. So it's your actual phone. Another one is your phone number, which can be, you know, ported between different phones. And then there's like nine or 10 other key types we have live right now. <clears throat> and all of those are, are basically grouped together. And then you create a multi-sig out of that. Um, and so, you know, Ledger is an option that we were like, hey, looking into, because I, I use Ledgers. I'm, I'm still going to use Ledgers. But, um, you know, I, I just think that it, even as Haas said earlier in the call, like ledgers are still just such a huge fucking pain in the ass. And it's just not 
I don't know. I mean, I'm used to them just because I've been using them for so long. But even still, like if I need to do something like uh, make an on-chain payment, like God, you know, God forbid somebody sends me an invoice and I'm like, oh, this is already like you already don't want to pay an invoice. But now I need to go find which ledger is this account on because one ledger doesn't have enough memory for the Cosmos app and the other one doesn't have enough memory to have the Bitcoin app on it. And it's like, all right, let me put in the, the password. And then like I get the last number wrong and it's like, fuck, I got to restart. This is such a pain in the ass. And like, I'm just trying to pay a bill. You know what I mean? So, so apologies to anybody that listens to the replay or is on right now and, and I owe the money. I'm going to blame ledger and their awful user experience for the, for the tardiness on that. But, uh, but yeah, like that's just that was really where we started our whole ethos was like, let's just make it simple. Let's make it like a Web2 onboarding, but it's still non-custodial. Um, and I do think we will move away from even hardware wallets. I think that, you know, it's it's been around for a long time in the space. This this concept of like your keys can be can be multifactored, but still only owned by one individual. And it's something you are something you have and something you know and any three combination of those uh factors right there they create like a uh they could create you can create a very secure uh almost like an identity solution eventually um but you know we we're careful to throw that word around when we when we talk about our our multi-key so you know we don't we don't store any of that information where you know everything's like basically all the keys are provided uh, either on chain or through like a like a third party uh, service, but none, none of, we don't have access to that stuff. Uh, I'm probably totally mincing the technical terms there, but if Pete was on, if you have any questions, feel free to ask him. He'll give you the technical lowdown on how we're not like data harvesting, um, like apparently Ledger is. So you know, with us, if if the government was like, hey, unlock this person's account. We're like, we don't even know how to do that. Like, we can't do that. And eventually we do want to move into having a, a network of validators uh, that, that pretty much do what we do now as a centralized service. You know, there's some services required in order to like uh, create the keys like with Twilio and stuff. And we pay the fees in order to do that. Uh, but we'd love to even decentralize that <clears throat> one step further and have a network of validators that do that. That's a bit into the future. But you know, again, like our whole ethos is self-custody. And, you know, if if five years from now, some solution comes out where it's like, hey, DNA can be your, you know, one of your keys or something crazy like that. I, I you know, I don't know if I would do it. You see like WorldCoin is scanning people's irises and stuff. But uh, if I knew there was a trusted party or a trusted at least validator network that couldn't be leveraged to like give that information away, um, I think I would rather us move the space in that direction as opposed to like, you know, whatever the hell Sam Altman or whatever, the guy who's basically has the same name as Sam Bankman Freed now is scanning everybody's irises. Like, what the fuck are we doing? What kind of clown show do we live in? So yeah, that's, that's, that was the big news for me this week. So before, before we got to, you know, this whole other future world, uh, where technology is implanted into people and don't get me wrong, right? Like you can already do it in Sweden. Like, you can already like pay for stuff in Sweden with a chip that's implanted. So like it is coming whether we like it or not. Um, the thing that really stood out for me um, was, you know, like basically taking that 2FA, the two-factor authorization, a step further. Um, with and I, I can't remember the third way that you said it, but you know, with something with a thing, with something that's sort of personal, uh, with an item um, and something else, and and actually like that that self custody of your identity through your identity. Um, the one thing that I think is going to be 
you know, really important to this space to move forward just because of where we're at with, you know, governments, regulation, etc. is there needs to be some sort of identity going on on the blockchain. There really does for it to step forward, otherwise it won't be allowed. And I don't think governments should be in control of that. I'm not I'm not pushing out a, a, a far idea like that or anything, but but there needs to be some sort of mutual solution. Um, otherwise, there's always going to be uh, this barrier um, around around the identity problem. Um, but I don't know if anyone else wants to come in on that. Um, I know it, it, it's very relatable to what Con was talking about as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that to the rest of the floor and Haas and see if anyone wants to to chat about that. No, um, go ahead. Yeah, you guys can go. I'm I'm yeah. I I do believe in the same thing and just. You guys can go on that point. I don't really have anything to add to that. Um, I just wanted to say that I would be interested in validating uh, when that's available. See what's going on with that. I'd like to participate. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would be. So I think um, you know, as soon as you get to that point where you're able to to push that that validation aspect of what you're doing or validator aspect of what you're doing, Pantera, um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be interested in, in offering support. Um, now I know the legend news has been taken, and feel free to to add your own thoughts to that topic if you want to. Um, but but Con, is there is there anything this week again the same sort of question? Really, anything that stands out or anything that's been massively helpful to to what you're building? So. Can you hear me, guys? I don't yeah, know yeah, go, go for it. Go for it, Miguel. Yeah, so I think I think um, the answer was actually pretty stolen. I think the ledger moment was the most important thing that we've noticed happening last week. And also, Doc Juan's release was quite uh, impactful on our team. Uh, he was actually one of the persons that invested in our project early on. Uh, but yeah, on, on another note, we've been super busy uh, actually shipping this week. We're all working this this weekend to to launch the EVMs in the next in the next week to deploy them in the live version. So even though a lot of things are happening, we are kind of exposed to every single chain. So our our ethos is really not to get involved too much with one ecosystem. I, I feel that the macro is way more important at play now. And that's what we're trying to pay attention to. Uh, but yeah, those those definitely are the two moments that uh, hit us harder uh, in terms of emotions. Just just to come back on the like the macro aspects, is there anything? I, I mean, obviously news that's impacted you and, and things like that. But is there anything that you guys focus on, particularly in regards to, to sort of macroeconomic situations, or are you? thinking more sort of crypto industry macro rather than, you know, financial macro. I, I think like what drove me, one of the things that drove me to first invest in crypto was the shitty situation that we are all in. And this kind of detonated bomb that we are all heading to and this great reset that everyone talks. I'm not so sure when it will happen or if it will happen at some point. Um, I was more sure a few years ago when I started investing, but I see that everyone is just sh shooting the can down the road and I'm not sure this will stop. So crypto is kind of a protection for it. And what I'm more interested about macro is to see what happens uh, with the BRICS and their new kind of, I don't want to, I'm trying to stay more aware of what, what will happen to the dollar uh, because I'm super exposed to stables still, uh, like fiat stables. And I'm trying to understand where to better position ourselves, like our company treasuries. And I've heard a lot of things on Iran already not accepting US dollar, but 
those are all um, just most mostly headlines I've been hearing, not fully diving into. And but but yeah, we're kind of keeping a tab on both interest rates and the U.S. dollar situation across the globe in terms of uh, transaction transactions, yeah, and dominance. So not to get all dark and gloom on everyone, but I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with any of like the news, especially like American news, but you know, Texas is like a big player and they're so pro crypto. So it's bullish because I think of how it's going to be. So like in America, for anyone out there that doesn't really know about like American politics and whatnot, it was like more the liberal side was legalizing marijuana. It'd be like one state at a time, you know, more to, more towards blue states and then now i think and and it you know became relevant like okay it's like legalized everywhere now basically and i think it's like the same thing with crypto it's going to be more on the right side now um like more of a right wing state wise or whatever you want to call it but slowly but surely you know they're gonna to, to legalize it i mean like a lot of these states are pushing for it so um it's just a matter of time you know maybe the timetable's a little bit longer than we probably would like but it's common. I mean, Texas is like super pro crypto. Like they, they're all for it. You know, they they do pass laws for them that it's illegal for CBDCs to even be in that state. And then they have like the proof of reserves. Um, so like if you're a centralized exchange, you have to prove your reserves. You can't just be pulling like an FTX or anything. And no, it's just it's they're they're for it. And it's just um, I think Coinbase had a pullout not too long ago that uh one out of five americans so basically 25 percent of americans and i would think i don't even know if they use the whole figure of like all the people because there's a little over 300 million people and obviously a lot of those are, are like kids and stuff but out of the 25 percent, like 83 percent of them said that they would use crypto again or buy crypto again so i mean it's just um slowly but surely and the people that they just got to get involved you know like at the end of the day like these people have to listen to us and you just have to make your voice known and that, that goes anywhere you know like you're you're the voting base or wherever you're at and you're like well only one person it to be honest with you everything with like politics i'm sure this is probably other countries too is it's all it all starts local from the ground up like if you get your local municipality then your your mayor and then your 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 senators or your governors and, and you get them on board they have the pressure to like push up the people like these really old boomers that are in you know congress that are just like like literally just dead corpse, you know, at an office that have no clue how to even use a computer. Like they're the ones that are like, no, we don't want crypto. And you know, we're going to like what Biden was trying to pass the bill to make it. So you're taxing like there's they're taxing miners. And then you can look at the actual usage of miners. It's like fourth on the list. Like my refrigerator uses more energy than a freaking miner does. And my lights use more. And, you know, it's just all bullshit. And then how, how do you even prove that anyways? Like, oh, a miner's using this. Like, that's why your electric bill just goes up. You pay your freaking electric bill. But um, it, it's just a, it's a matter of time. Because like I said earlier, if you like look at money and you know money, there's no other options. Like, what are you? Where else are people going to put their money in? Like, you can you can only buy so many properties and buy so much stuff. And uh, yeah, like there has to be something else. And like the way I always view um, inflation really is just I think it's evil. It's just man made. And realistically, if you think about money as a, a symbolically, all it is is a symbolization of time. 
on planet earth because when you make whatever you make you have to devote so much time to make that so when they print more of it they're basically stealing your time and they're making you work more for for the same or make you know you have to work more for less and um and that's like coming from america's standpoint which you know it's a pretty wealthy nation still and for those that are in other nations that it's just out of control like you have no other options like crypto is your only option sadly and it's it just has to work or else we're all doomed anyway so i just always looked at it like when i got into this space it makes sense to me philosophically communitarian wise uh number wise and I just looked at it like I'm going to go for it and see what happens. And worst case scenario, it doesn't work and I have to work until I die and whatever. But I'm going to put everything into this space that I can and add value and help out as many people because I really believe in it. Like, again, from my tax you know, accounting perspective, there really is no other options. Like, there's nothing out there. Like, so, um, you know, and it allows so much. And like the way I always view crypto is just pure freedom. Like, you know, you're in this geographical region. You're always like stuck to this certain currency and that's it. Now with crypto, you're free to buy whatever you want. Like you can buy anything and hold anything. So to me, it's just like the real it's a symbolization of, of freedom. And it doesn't matter about your imaginary lines that you live in between. So. That's why I do this. And I'm always appreciative of everyone that tunes in and like talks and is building cool shit and just keeping it moving because it's it's going to happen. I remember when they told everyone was saying the Internet was a scam it was for a bunch of weirdos and it wasn't going to work and it's stupid. And now everyone uses the Internet. So like that was wrong. And, and that prediction's wrong about crypto too. Like, these older boomers that are just like crypto is a scam. It's not going to work like they're they're full of shit. So just keep up the faith. Right. So note to self, we know we know not to talk about Hoss about having to um, clear his cash from from last week's space. And and I think now we know not to talk to Hoss about boomers. Um, but just just quickly on the on the topic of, of money at the moment, dollars, the only option, right? Like as, as a as a reserve currency for the world. And, um, you know, the, the, the market cap for all of crypto is around a trillion dollars dependent on the day at the moment. So, um, you know, that's that's not even one twentieth of um, the US's GDP. It's not even half of the UK's GDP. So, like, we're we're, we're going to be reliant on the dollar for some time yet as a as a reserve country. The yuan's nowhere near the euros. The same thing as the dollar, but worse and newer and even more unstable. And and the pounds just you know like not been anything since World War Two, effectively. So, um, you know, like the the the. That's where we're at, like from a, a global financial situation is, is we're stuck with the dollar and, and, and it is going to end. You know, global reserve currencies end. They always do. Um, it's just a matter of when and how long it takes. And is it going to be one massive financial reset or is it going to be a long period of austerity? So um, they're kind of my thoughts. But, but Sencom, you're, you're back up there. Yeah, I think you guys mentioned a couple of interesting uh, things. You mentioned that you know, crypto is freedom and I agree. And you know, most of us or most of the people here in this space, I think we're all first worlders. So judging from the names and profile pics, most of, you know, most of you guys here come from North America, Central Europe somewhere, or maybe, you know, Southeast Asia, you know, Korea, somewhere that along the line. And, and even for us, it's freedom. And we live in comparatively free and, and you know, wealthy nations. But I think there's... And don't get me here wrong, I think there's one or two around that number billion people that that are unbanked, who don't have any insurances, who don't have any bank accounts, who are completely out of the 
you know, global financial system. And for them, I think really for those people, crypto is a revolution. I mean, it is even for us, but for them, it's like revolution plus plus. You know what I mean? It's just crazy to think about how just with such, with the technology we are building, we can help li help literally billions of people towards financial freedom, and, and that's something that that draws me into the space really a lot. You know, besides obviously, you know, building cool stuff, cool people, making money with JPEGs, but but still, there, there's more to it. I think. So it's, it's so is, is so, there though. <laughs> <laughs> Degenerate. Um, no, but like, um, no, you're right. And it's not going to be us that drives the change, right? And I think that's what we're short sighted about, um, in, you know, from our, our pedestal, if you want to call it that, our, our, our position of, you know, essentially luck um, through where we were born. Um, but, but it's not going to be us that drives the change. We might facilitate the change, but it's going to be those people, those third world developing countries that have got the ability to use this tooling to, to really redefine how their world works. And I think it's such an important point, and I, I really wanted to highlight that. So thank you for, for sharing it. And, you know, JG, what's your DGEN news? Is it, is it Pepe related? Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> no Pepe, no Pepe over here. I, I'm not a meme coiner except for Chihuahua. That's the only coin in the meme game that I mess with. Yeah, no, I don't mess with Pepe. It's too dangerous. Yeah, shout out, shout out to Wawa. I got, I got some Wawa. <laughs> Love it. I, I tend, I tend not to 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 be the the degen type JD at all. So, uh, but no, no, go go on. Hit us with the the exciting thing from your week. So for us, you know, we are in the process. We just put up our Luna marketplace. We're in the process of building out our Megaloo marketplace. And uh, for us, the big news is, is today I just received the metadata from the Lion DAO, and we're preparing for our first mint on the Necropolis for the Luna chain. And that will be like the first exciting new mint uh, on Luna, I think, like the first real one. So we're preparing for that. Hopefully, we'll be ready in about five days, maybe. And uh, we should be able to go. That's what I'm hoping for. So how long has this been in the works? Well, let's see. So, you know, the line, uh, Ryan, Ryan Lyon has done some amazing stuff with uh, displaying the power of Enterprise DAO. And, you know, he's been on this journey of creating a DAO, I think, like, well, like 45 days. And so his, I guess it's the last 45 days really with him, but they've spun, they put together so much so fast, like, it really highlights, you know, what communities can do when they are motivated and, and unified. You know, it's kind of mind blowing. I'm going to finish with this. I, you know, probably maybe some more details of what's coming than than a lot of people because of your position. And I'm, I'm not asking for for you to spill too many beans. But like, what what's the most exciting thing about this like, upcoming mint that you can share? Like again, for you as a as a as a builder of the protocol behind it, I guess. Well, you know, for me, I I'm I'm kind of like a, a minting junkie. Like I love minting. I love I love that rush. So I'm kind of looking forward to, to minting. <laughs> I miss it. I miss the activity, the camaraderie, the excitement, the games. You know, these are the things that we're we're fighting to bring back uh, to the cosmos. We're trying to get. So one of the things, you know, for these great here, I'll talk about that later. That that would be a little too much. I'll wait for that. I'll wait for that see that's that's how you build suspense um i'm, I'm gonna throw it to, to, to zencom before we lose him again and then then half side for that for his exciting things and then um 
yeah, we'll, we'll just open the, the, the floor and see if there's anything we want to chat about. And um, if, if we've got time in a bit to hit the, the learns or lessons or things that you'd like to share from, from that perspective, then brilliant. Um, any retweets of the room uh, would be much appreciated, guys. We're going to be we're going to be going for for a little while longer. Um, but yeah, send Tencon. What's your sort of big news or exciting update from this week? So I come, I got back from vacation. I think that's that's an exciting update. I, I was in Italy, and man, it was amazing. So if you've never been to Italy, you know the food, the the wine, it's beautiful. The people. Yeah, but the reason why you were in Italy is the amazing part. It's not really. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was honeymoon. So, um, spent some time with a lady, but now, you know, came back Thursday evening, back <laughs> with my boys now, doing my crypto stuff. You know, the girl's already angry, you know, because I'm spending my Saturday evening here. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, man, she's always right too, man. Always, always right. I'm always, I'm always battling with that, thinking I'm always right, and it's just even if I'm right, I'm wrong. So just she's always right, and then you'll be good. That's pretty much it. That's the only advice I give. Pick your battles. Pick your battles. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even battle ever. Like anytime I do, it's just a loss. Either if I win, it's still a loss. You know, it's like. You just you got to lose. You just got to take it on the chin. Just wear it. That's how you got to do it. Just just wear it. But no, it's cool. Like if she's supportive, man, that's a, that's good because my wife's very supportive with me doing this. You know, she I'm I'm talking to weird strangers all day long. <laughs> she's okay with it. <laughs> that's all good. You know, JG's wife. She, so JG really he has an amazing story when it comes to his wife. So. I think two or three months ago, when we launched our chain and launched our token, we did an airdrop. And as you all guys know, you know, airdrop, airdrops, they dump, they dump the price. So we did the airdrop. We wanted to do, you know, the thing, but we, we knew the price was going to dump. So it dumped like crazy. Our, I think our project had like a market cap of like 300,000, which is literally nothing considering we're, in, you know, L1, DEX, Flash, lots like really large product play nevertheless so ridiculous market cap so his wife jj's wife she literally bought the bottom she marked the bottom and then it went up like crazy like 15x in i don't know a month or something and ever since then you know we say that whale is a utility token because it saves your marriage so and and it, and it helped me too. So I'm not gonna lie, so I think if you ask anybody who's married in the whale community, it, it literally it saves marriages. Yeah, man. Did she uh did she get addicted after that? So you know, I mean, she's owned crypto before, but it was definitely you know we were able to buy like 116 thousand whale for like 840 bucks. We watched that ride all the way up to like ten thousand, and then now we're just watching it ride back down because we're not selling. <laughs> we're gonna, I'm just talking. Dude, you gotta like at least sell some, and then go spend a good weekend like at a nice hotel somewhere or something. You know, not yet. I'm telling you right now, the Migaloo project is like in this golden pocket of accumulation, and I'm not selling a dime. Oh yet. yeah, that's yeah. That, that's like right now is just in my opinion, it's like a golden opportunity. Not even just for well, but just. A lot of solid projects, man. Like you, you look at like if you just want to use the history of like a, a bunch of different 
L1s and projects and look at the charts, it's like identical to right now. They just you just use the time frame and there's just so many good ones, man. It's just I don't know. I I, I just have this thesis that people in like a decade from now are just going to say, "Man, you could have basically invested in anything and did well." And um yeah, well they didn't know all the things that we had to go through, you know, like people lost a lot of money because of like Luna and UST and everything else that happened, but the ones that kind of, like I said earlier, using like a boxing metaphor, you got knocked down and you could just, you did the 10 count and, and, you know, collect your paycheck or you can get off the, you know, get off the surface and keep fighting. And I think that's what all of us are doing. And I think, you know, I can't guarantee the future because anyone I can is a narcissist, but I do feel good about it. And I think that we are going to be considered one of those lucky people, just like the people were back in like the late eighties and nineties, early two thousands that were invested in web two and all the prices got decimated. I remember when, like Microsoft one year went down about 60%. Like Amazon went down like 50% in one year. Because it's like technology is always very speculative. It's always overvalued at times and undervalued at times. And no one really truly knows a true market cap of the technology because it's so revolutionary. And I think that we're in that same premise, that same, just decades later, basically. You know, like I think these technologies are very futuristic proof. And there's just so many cool things. And it's not just financial instruments. It's so many different types of instruments that it excites the hell out of me thinking about it right now. I, I'm going to touch on, on two of those things uh, from NFTs very quickly. Else before we go back to, to you for, for your exciting things, because these are things that excite me all the time. Um, like NFT ticketing. Um, like, can you imagine Ticketmaster just being out of business because a venue and an artist, a music artist, can decide that you're only allowed to resell the ticket once at 125% of markup value and they both take a royalty out of that. Um, and like, you still need a middleman, right? You still need the marketplace. You still need support. You still need people to set up that and, and manage some of the aspects of that. Um, but, but it adds so much more security to the, the end user and the artist and puts people in control of the things that they're buying. It's, it's like redefining contracts between um, you know, purchasers or consumers and um, brands or companies um, at the end of the day. And that, that's super exciting. And the other thing is, is when we get into blockchain browsing, when we properly get into blockchain browsing and we can formulate DAOs of like-minded people like uh, within our demographics, we can store all of our browsing data onto individual NFTs uh, that are unique to us. And then as a demographic group, we can go and sell that data to whoever the hell we want and, and take it out of the hands of people like Google and stuff like that. Like these are the 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 things that, that like really excite me about how we can kind of take back control because that's kind of what we've been talking about um this afternoon. Uh, so yeah. Um Hoss, I don't know if there's um anything you'd like to talk about that's been exciting you this week. Yeah, so um like I was saying earlier, there's a few projects that I really can't talk in depth about exactly what, what they are, but um they are building out like all kind of different tooling. So I could talk about the one it's Andromeda, which is a new uh, blockchain in, in Cosmos. And I think they're going live like real soon here, like literally like Monday or whatever. And I'm not paid by them or anything. I just really like what they're building. I think I even have it pinned in my um, chat or in my, on my uh, profile or whatever on Twitter, you can check it out. It's like a four minute video. Anyways, they're building like this super app that anyone like you, any, anyone that doesn't even have any experience on creating an application could basically create an application. It's like a, um, it's an operating system that's like interoperable with every, any cosm wasm chain and, and crypto. And they're working on doing other chains like outside of 
of um, of Cosmos through like Axler and other things. But anyways, it's like really cool because you could just like build a cool ass application pretty effortlessly. And anytime you know just a regular Joe Schmo can kind of build something, I always kind of like that feature. And then um, the other one is. Like, I've always been really fascinated with AI, like, even when I was a kid, like, watching the freaking Terminator and shit. And uh, AI technology, you know, like, it's been, like, the talk of town for, for so long. And I think, like, Arai is pretty cool, and they're building out some cool shit with uh, smart contracts and, and executions and being able to verify. Like, you're talking about NFTs, but one of the things that really no one talks about is, is like, a, a, you know, AI that can basically verify any... Um, like like say nft just by looking at the actual image of it and um you know other factors too which is pretty cool and like i know a lot of people are like oh ai is really scary and it, it is rightfully so but it could be used in a really beneficial way too to like push and pro uh, and progress like humanity if it's used the right way it also could be a detriment too because it's just the fact like you know, a lot of jobs right now that are done by men and women, they're going to get replaced by, you know, AI. It's just a fact. It's just it's, it's been like that even in our lifetimes. Like there's been so many jobs that got, got replaced by the computer, you know, and it's just going to keep happening. And it's kind of cool to, to be a part of it. Not, not saying, that, you know, it's going to ruin humans, but to just like it, I think it'll just make it life more efficient. And, and, and technology has already, you know, it's already made it more efficient. It could be bad too. Like I just, there's always a double-edged sword, but like stuff like that gets me fascinated. And then there's another project that's working on like a decentralized society and having like soul bound tokens and like being able to verify who you are. So like, like just imagine going to like a nightclub or something, you give them your ID while well, that asshole can like see where you live at and all this other shit. But imagine just like having something that shows like, yeah, I'm of age. Like you just get like this card, but have like a digital footprint where like the person doesn't know your name or anything, but they know that you're like KYC'd and you're an actual human being that owns that wallet. And then you can get like reputational points and maybe like get a loan by, you know, like, hey, everyone in this space is like really into crypto. We've put so much time and effort in, but imagine being being rewarded because you're you're like a part of it and you're actually, you give a shit. And maybe you can get a loan that's not over collateralized and it's just like you have reputation. And, and also just like, I think Switzerland's like the only country that you can like vote on like anything. Right. And, you know, most of these countries like America, yeah, you vote for who you want to represent you, but imagine being able to vote on like any bill that you want or like anything that's passing. So these jackasses that are doing like filibusters and then they distract you by some random bullshit, like, Oh, um, you know, some sort of socially constructed nonsense that distracts most human beings. And actually while they're doing that, they're trying to pass some bullshit behind, you know, behind the scenes. Well, imagine being able to vote on all of that. And then if you don't want to vote, you can just like delegate your votes to like, you know, okay, like Cosmos Haas, he really wants, you know, he really is, you know, trying to be for the people or, or a validator set or whatever. And you can like vote on anything. And I think that just kind of moves things forward because it's like a proven fact, sadly, like not everyone, obviously, but a lot of humans are, they're just, they're, I don't want to say evil, but they're just influenced by bad things that make them do things that they shouldn't be doing. And, you know, I think like crypto can even kind of rectify that and remedy that. Is it going to be perfect? No, but I think crypto can offer so many solutions be, be, before, besides just like numbers and stuff. So that's what I'm looking forward to. No, thank you very much. I think um, both um, Senkom and, and Miguel wanted to come in on that, but I think uh, Senkom had his hand up before Miguel on mic. So I'm going to go over to you, Senkom. 
Yeah, uh, uh, thank you. I'd just like to share some some insights. You know, being the the CTO of White Whale, um, I you know work a lot with technology, especially new technology, including blockchain and AI. And one of my 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 responsibilities is to make sure all the devs um, I'm working with are at peak performance. And just in my short career, I have seen a single developer or the performance of a single developer double or triple, maybe in a year, just by the power of AI tools. It's just, or maybe even quadruple. It's it's crazy how 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 large the performance increase is with various AI tools that support you in learning new technology, new programming languages, new concepts, but also in executing on ideas. Let's say you, you, you have an idea for a code and you want to just prototype it real quick, not you know, most secure code, just get it out there. It's, it's insane. So it's, I wouldn't say an order of magnitude yet, but it's, you know, two or three X in a year. And it's, my gut feeling tells me it's going to um, go faster from here. You know, I have, I have the feeling that the further we progress, the faster we progress. And I, I really feel like that as a civilization as a whole, or humanity as a whole, we're very close to, to lift off velocity. And I'm so excited about that. I, I can't put it into words. Yeah, man. I, we, we're going to stop on. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I totally agree with that. Because I, I, I use the premise of one of the things that I really kind of like fell, sounds funny to say this, but like kind of fell in love with Cosmos is that it's like having a universal language. And imagine if like humanity, right? We all spoke the same language since like conception. Like crypto might have probably happened 150 years ago. Like it could have happened. Who knows how long? It definitely would have happened before this. And um, the, like having a smartphone in every single person's hand and there's over 8 billion people, pretty much everyone now has a smartphone. It doesn't matter where you live at. You're kind of in the matrix, so to speak. And then, yeah, it's just like the butterfly effect. Once stuff starts to formulate it just can progress so fast and yeah i mean like i sound like a boomer saying this but the, i just remember having like one of the first phones ever and, and people used to have pagers and shit and cord phones and there used to be pay phones everywhere and it does it doesn't take that long i mean you think about like amazon and i think it was like 93 or 94 was just the bookstore and now look what they're doing and that's the same thing with this space like 10 years goes very fast like life goes so fast and yeah i, I think it, it, it gets even that that executional level goes even faster now because everyone can get in the game, so to speak. And I do think we're we're ready for blast off. And th like I always ask myself, and this is one of my core theses of like being just an investor in crypto, is I always say, do you think there's going to be my whole premise is, is there going to be more people in crypto one year from now today or less? And I always keep saying more. So like that just makes me bullish. Yeah, maybe not everything works, but like it just makes me more bullish about the space. So I totally agree. And sorry, Dave, go ahead. No, I was just I was going to say before we, we go to Miguel, um, I think it was HP um, said that you know they're not that they're they're now not employing anyone on the back end, like inside forty percent of staff that the AI can take over. So like the technology jobs are are changing and it's not going to start with redundancies it's going to start with employment freezes um and like we're going to stop on on ai for for a while for sure because it's super exciting i've got a couple of um things i'd, I'd like to share but let's go to to miguel first 
thanks, Dave. Yeah, so I wanted to get in a little bit on both thoughts. Uh, so yeah, uh, I've been I've been trying to understand how this AI tech is gonna really mingle with crypto, and I've been exploring this idea not only, for example, for validator um, inputs. You have your own AI agents, and you kind of delegate your decision making according to your preferences to these ai agents and for for smart contract development it will be much faster identifying potential flaws that have existed in the past so i feel that in the future if you have a network of ais where each person has their own agent that already pre that already knows what this person's wants and best interests are uh, if you want for example to and if they are all communicating all these ais it will be quite interesting to understand uh, and to explore the world in in this in this scenario because th these ais will be communicating for this by the, in a decentralized uh, network and a full transparent open network and it would be really cool because imagine a cool example would be for example uh if you are looking for a new job and you tell your agent ai what your criteria is for this new job and you go look and negotiate with all different ais on this new job salary and you can see this all happening in, in an open ledger of communication and this can be done uh, quite uh, this can be mingled quite well with crypto on another note you can see uh, the payments being done uh, and negotiations happening uh, between different uh, providers and suppliers uh, on a decentralized network. This can never happen with our current banking system. Uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, barriers to, to that. But on, on in crypto, on a blockchain, all that is possible. Um, if you want to lift up funding for your startup, you already know what you, what you want. Uh, your agent already knows what you want, and all these funds have their own agents who are looking for projects, and they communicate much faster. Everything's just speed up. It's just an interesting concept, and if you explore it even deeper, you can find so many examples that are so mind blowing when you mix the AI tech with a, an open and decentralized infrastructure. So much there, like I could get lost there, but I want to. I want to let um, JG come in on AI before I, I stop here a moment, because because I will be a moment. Um, you know, the AI revolution has uh, definitely helped our productivity. That's been our main learning experience. Um, you know, uh, one of our our main dev for the marketplace, Thomas. You know, he's about to, I think, build his own. Um, he's got all the stuff ready to go and we're going to start to make databases uh customizable to what we want to have it have access to i know that i think it has internet access now doesn't it jack gpd4 might have internet access so that's pretty cool but at the same time it's like a lot of stuff that um uh, personally i don't know if i want my ai connected to the internet to be 100 percent yet <laughs> I don't, not yet not yet but no you know the technology is great it's it's speeding everything up it's making everything easier more digestible i have to get better at asking clearer questions that is a skill that i've now realized i don't do well enough right um so that is going to you know that's going to be an interesting thing when there, there's classes on how to prompt that's going to happen right prompting classes so yeah I, I mean sky's the limit with this technology i'm i'm super stoked it, it, it's so crazy and i, I think the 
the the the thing for me is that we just need to ask questions and um you know because if we don't ask questions we don't find answers um but the 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 most exciting thing is that it's so open and so many people are able to play with it um i i i played with um google what's it called google's ai this morning um i can't remember the name um it's in my gm tweet um but but it told me it wanted to be human um and you can go and read the the the, the three question conversation i had um you're right with prompting and how you ask questions um if you're unspecific you won't get specific answers um and you can like you can really figure this out by going and playing with one of the the many ai art generators and just seeing how that like you know by putting five or six things in what happens to the generator what happens if you put one thing in and then break it with a comma and then really specify what you want that thing to be and and you can just see how the ai responds to you um the 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 major thing that i wanted to share is um there's a, a guy that I've known sort of since I started in this space, which was August 2021. Um, and um, he's uh, been doing incredible AI things, uh, mixed reality, um, for, for quite some time. And um, what they've done, he was explaining it last night, and I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit, but there's a video you can go and watch if, um, if you're interested. I'll find it for you in a moment. Um, they've managed to introduce AI into um, the technology that produces the scans from CT scanners and I think MRI scanners as well. Um, and so that rather than being monochrome, they can show cells up in, in different colors. So imagine a radiologist who's looking for a broken bone. They're not looking for any malignant cells or cells that shouldn't be in, you know, that shouldn't be there. They're just looking at the bone break, for example. Now there's technology that will work in the background to scan those scans for um, cancer or for malignant um, cells, tumours, etc., um, which is just massively exciting. And they built this um, by using AI uh, tooling um, and wrapping it into other things that they're, they're doing. I am going to find this tweet for you in a second, I promise. Um, here it is. Um, it's an eight-minute video. Um, they're, they're being... Um, they're wanting to get this technology out in the right way. Um, they're, they're not looking for massive VCs. They're not looking to sell it to, you know, big, big hospitals in the US, for example. So, um, yeah, just really, really exciting things. And um, Dave will be doing a presentation on it. We're doing an auction for F Cancer from Polygon Alliance on the 6th of July. And he'll be doing a presentation on it there as well. So, um, yeah, these are the, the things that AI can do for us. These are the positive impacts. And now that's just going to impact so many people um and, and there are other ways other things that it will do as well so like we, you don't um it means when you're having a scan you don't have to take the chemicals that show up um for the human eye and stuff like that it's just it, it, it's, in, it's incredible what, what we're able to do with this technology and how we're able to implement it with technology we we already have um the same time like Hoss said you know we've got to be aware that there are risks to this as well and and for me i think the biggest risk with ai is is malevolent use you know people people is the the biggest risk i don't <laughs> i think ai might might think we're inconsequential at some point that's a possibility i think it's unlikely but it's a possibility that's far more likely than a terminator situation or a matrix situation so um i, I think it's more you know like people um using it uh, maliciously and that's what we need to be careful of and again it's one of these things right we don't necessarily want the wrong regulation but without any regulation you know 
things could go horribly wrong. So it's it's just asking questions and being able to play with it and and trying to do the right thing as as society. And um, yeah, that's my my little AI piece done. I mean, there's much more that I could say for for much longer, but I'm I'm aware other people probably want to talk as well. So I don't know if anyone else has got anything to add on AI, but but feel free to to chip in because it is an incredibly exciting subject. I guess not. I guess not. I'm glad I had the break though. It allowed me to to clear my throat. Um, the only other thing that that we want to go through from from our perspective today, and again, we're, if we're we're happy and enjoying the conversation, we can keep going for a while longer. But I really want you guys to um, share your learns or one of your biggest learns or the biggest challenges that you've overcome, and maybe what was a a way you learned a lesson that that could be helpful to other people. Um, that that's kind of uh, yeah where I want to go next, and um, I'm just going to keep the same order because I I know that's where we're at, and um, we've lost. Um, I can't remember the, the the individual that was on the um Pant- was it Pantera? We've lost Pantera, unfortunately, from from uh, OB money. But um, we'll go to uh, we'll go to Sencom um, about this one. What's the what's the been like your biggest learning to everything you've done as either as a protocol or individually? And uh, what can you share about that experience that might help other people? This space is not being friendly. Are you, are you there, Sencom? Hello. I guess I'm here, and you've all been able to. I, I can hear you. I mean, uh, just the kill the yeah. kill the dead air. I mean, I know we're gonna ask. I can go. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I can go if you guys want. Uh, so I, I guess one of my biggest learnings in this space is actually build everything with the community. I feel that this is a thriving and small space yet, even though that we are all. Uh, in some, let's call it, um, we have a little bit of tribalism still. Uh, everyone believes in their own ecosystem, uh, but overall we have all the, a similar mission or we identify with similar values. Uh, most of them like freedom and um, option, optionality, most of all, and transparency. So, so yeah, I feel that building uh, the tools with the community and asking for feedback, constant feedback, is what kind of got us to the point where we are. We always were good building product, but it's an entirely different scope. You can't build the same things here the way you did it in Web2. And being in the Web2 building before and being here, I guess I, I can see huge difference in, in feedback loop mechanisms. Uh, by asking the community what they think, what should be the next features, what could we improve on. And we recently launched a feature on our platform, which is the proposals feature. And we got a lot of feedback from people that want new chains, new protocols. We cannot get uh, our mind to focus on every single ecosystem all the time. It's such a wild west, everything's growing so fast. So we need the help from the community to help. We need the guidance from the community to tell us what's happening in each uh, smaller ecosystems, what's vibrant there, what's growing. So yeah, um, that is what I've learned in Web3 that was completely different from Web2. And yeah, the sense of camaraderie and uh, community. No, that's well said and um, you know, like, I guess, I mean, Dave and I, for sure, that's what I mean, that's all we are, we're about as a community. But um, yeah, a lot of, lot of teams, because I kind of like just freelance and help out projects and, and um, 
one of the things that I always tell them and give them advice is that, you know, this space is completely different than any other space. And, you know, like a lot of the projects, for some reason, they hire traditional marketing people that, you know, maybe they've been in marketing for, you know, the last five years or 10 years or whatever. And not that those skill sets aren't good. A lot of it's just not applicable to this space. Like in this space, people want a brand they want to they want to they want to be a part of it like so you have to cater to them you can't just use like a lot of traditional stuff not that some of it doesn't work but you have to build an image a brand and you can't come off too serious even if you are a serious protocol and you're trying to have like serious vibes um it's just not going to be that effective like you like you can't go on someone's website um you know their homepage in this space and it comes off as like an h&r block or it's just like a serious like it's just not, it's not going to work. Like you, you have to kind of intermingle, like having some fun. It doesn't have to be real childish, but you have to have, like, it needs to be an experience, right? Like my, my thing that I tell like teams building stuff is when they come to your landing page, it should be so cool looking that they never even want to X out it, like close out of it. Even if they're not going to use your product or they barely use it, like they want to keep it up as a tab because it just aesthetically looks pleasing. And, um, yeah, so like you always need to cater to the community because people, they're spending so much of their you know time in this space. They, they want to have a good time. Like I would say, it's all about customer experience. And that's really how this space is more so than any other space. Yeah, uh, I was completely agree. When we entered the space, we were even deciding the branding and we had the idea of building a portfolio tracker, a portfolio tracker and management tool that was more serious than the one that there existed, but not uh, as serious as Stratify. But we also didn't want to go all meme. Uh, so it, it was kind of interesting to build a brand around trying to, to mingle with the Web3 ecosystem, uh, since we were not uh, natives. We were not uh, building here before, uh, just investing. So yeah, it was actually a really cool experience to just apply some of our knowledge and shape uh, what uh, what we needed to shape in order to build what we currently have. Yeah, you guys are doing a tradition, you know, tradition. I can't even speak right now. You guys are doing a great job. I can't say the word right now. I'm too caffeinated. I'm I'm shaking <laughs> over here. I didn't I didn't eat anything yet, so I'm all caffeinated and getting all jittery right now. But no, it's totally it's um. Yeah, it's, it's just a unique space because you actually can be a part of it, right? Like, yeah, you can buy a share of Apple stock or Google stock or whatever, but do you really have any say in anything or do you, are you really a part yeah. of it? But you can own like one atom, you know, like, <laughs> and really truly be a part of the community. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's something that is a lot different than traditional. Um, so yeah, totally. That's, that, that was kind of my point. I, I agree with your, your point. And I know when you guys were, were building, you had your own little groups that you had people that in this space and it, it would just, you know, the community that would give you honest feedback. And that's just a great approach is like the ground up is just ask the community and like cater towards them, you know, still build your product. And like you said, there's a fine line. You don't want to come off as like too meme-ish, but like I can give a shout out to like one protocol that I thought kind of nailed having like aesthetically looking pleasing product and obviously a good product was uh was osmosis. Like you go on there and I was used to use using uh Uniswap and I remember the very first time I used osmosis, like it looked really cool, it worked really well. 
and then you know they cater like oh it's like uh this um holiday they'll cater like their like theme towards like whatever particular holiday it is and it's just like it's just a cool thing it's like cool vibes and and um it's one of those like things that i just always have up it's just a tab that i always keep up you know like i check it all the time i look at it i'm like oh this look it just aesthetically looks pleasing and then it was cool they came out with the frontier and they made it like a wild wild west like decks or whatever and it just was like like they're they're kind of nailing like whomever their i don't know their marketing person is or their designer they're doing a really good job and and um yeah i just think like a lot of projects should do that and not come off so serious like when you go on the landing page if it's just like i remember um they're not around anymore really um and it was uh e-money and a lot and and i told them they asked me for my feedback and i didn't like rip on them but i said look you guys come off way too serious like i i open this page up and i can go open up h and r block and it looks identical it just comes off way too serious like you know, i know you guys are trying to cater towards a more um you know traditional wise but i was like it just comes off too serious you're not going to get any community behind it it's just the way it is and i don't even know if they're around anymore but yeah so i think i think this space gives us an opportunity to redefine that you know like brand consumer relationship um you know certainly from like a a project perspective um and and allow that integration and interaction um just just be careful where it crosses that line into plc right like that's that's all you need to be considering if you're if you're actively involving people in decision making um but, but senkom you've got your hand up um, in regards to this so take it away yeah thanks i think one of the very um underappreciated facts that crypto allows is really to create new economic models and to create incentives for various actors maybe contributors to something or employees or users that couldn't have been possible before just to give you a couple of ideas so um with our own blockchain with migaloo we're we have an, a base inflation of four percent on the chain so four percent similar to how the dollar works i think they have a target inflation of two percent in normal times and you need inflation for economic growth at the same time we're trying to however get the total supply deflationary by having various burn mechanisms on chain and you know inflation in itself has benefits and drawbacks and deflation has benefits and drawbacks but if you can combine them you know think of an asset that if you actively manage it increases like the numbers you have increase but at the same time the longer you hold the total supply decreases so you have this asset that you want to move around to because you're incentivized to, to move it around because there's inflation on it to utilize it but at the same time you know it's inflationary so it's like the this golden asset that you want to move around earn more but at the same time never get you know lose grip of it because you know tomorrow there will be less and that's something that i believe is only possible in crypto or another thing you know, everybody, you know, everybody I'm sure has, you know, drank a Coke, you know, or a Starbucks coffee or whatever. And imagine every time you drink a Coke, you get some shares from Coca-Cola. Or every time you buy an Apple product, you get shares from Apple. Or imagine, you know, the, the guy working in the bakery, the lady, every time she sells some bread, she earns money, she earns commission. And, and you know, just 
imagine you, you had such a bakery. I can promise you the lady would be there an hour before opening and leave an hour after opening because every time she, she sells some bagels, she makes bank. And the, these kind of things, that they're not really possible in the traditional world, but crypto unlocks them. They're, it really unlocks new potentials, new economic designs. And so I, I used to design most of the tokenomics and architecture and vision around Whitewell and Megaloo. And it has been one of the most exciting things um, yeah, I had the pleasure of doing. And um, yeah, it, it's really, it's mind blowing. And I'm sure there will be a lot of economic debate in, in the coming years about these. Uh, I don't think there's even a name for these super assets that are both inflationary and deflationary at the same time. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that they, those are the best assets in existence. Every before we go over to Steve and thank you for that. Every NFT is an opportunity to play with your own uh, micro economy. Um, you know, like and, and even an addition that you create as an artist is an opportunity to experiment and play and, and see and learn. Um, but Steve, you've got your hand up. Real quick, guys, I have to leave now. It was a great pleasure um, to join you here. Wish you a good time and looking forward to um, join you another time. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate all of you guys stopping by. Um, I, I know that there's music playing in the background right now, so I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. Uh, my phone is on 3% and there is no other uh, charging uh, available to me. So I just wanted to cut in a little bit. Uh, thank everyone for, um, you know, taking the time today great speakers great protocols if you guys aren't following yet make sure that you give these guys a follow um haas and dave you know as always thank you guys for running this um i i did have a chance to listen to bits and pieces here and there for those that didn't hear my uh my brief introduction i'm out of town at a wedding um but made sure that we were able to run this the spaces today so i will uh i will listen back to the recording um, you know, get all of the great stuff that everyone talked about today. Um, we, we do have a little bit of an issue at the beginning of the spaces. I, I pretty sure that I saw the record button at the, um, the setup of the spaces. I know that I set up the, uh, spaces to be recorded. If there's an issue that this spaces wasn't recorded, Terra spaces will be posting the recorded recap if you guys aren't following them uh they they have an awesome service to support the entire cosmos ecosystem uh shout out to terra spaces um but i will make sure that we share that recording one way or another um coming up um i'll shoot it over to uh to the co-hosts and anyone else that has uh you know the the final thoughts here um again thank you to everyone for tuning in and uh have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, man. I I just wanted to shout everyone out and it was a good time. I had a good time, honestly. Like I always usually have a good time doing the spaces, but this one was really fun. So it's one of those spaces that I can just keep going on and on. We talked about a, a lot of cool topics and yeah, like the unknown's always so much fun. And it's just like we're all early explorers and we're we're here early. And I do I do think it's going to be so cool to be one of those people like, you know, you, you have your, your parents or grandparents and they're like, I remember when I was a kid and it's going to be kind of the same thing with us in this space. Like we're, we're super early and it's just so fun. And 
the unknown is always fun. And I just I appreciate every time anyone tunes in ever, especially more so during like the market conditions like this and on the weekend and things like that. So thank you for that. And I'll pass the, the mic over to Dave and cheers, cheers everyone. I want to I want to give um, JG an opportunity to add some final words because we didn't we didn't quite get an opportunity to get to him about his biggest earn. So um, JG, quickly over to you. And if the phone goes whilst you're speaking, so be it. If not, I'll speak to you all in a moment. Uh, let's see. You know, uh, there's not much to say. I had a great time hanging out with you guys, learning about these other projects. Um, I I would gladly come back and we can talk more in depth. Let's not try to cram this in right now. I just want everyone to enjoy the weekend uh maybe make some some nft purchases and uh stay safe on the internet you know love it thank you thank you very much yeah it's been very enjoyable this last uh, hour and 45 minutes has absolutely flown by thank you uh for your company thank you for listening to us uh we appreciate your time this has uh, been the second episode of caliber cookouts with myself and us um we'll be back at some point soon two three four weeks time with another episode um, and uh, look forward to our next series of guests. And we do intend to revisit previous guests in the future as well. So uh, we look forward to having you guys back on with us at some point, um, hopefully during the summer. Um, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Caliber Capital Group Caliber Cookout, Episode 2, recorded on Saturday, May 20th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Now, if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. There's this principle in like Taoism. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism, where it's like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want. Inevitably, it kind of starts to happen. Chirping on the bird app, listening to nerds laugh, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3. That's why they can't fly, they just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some dry powder. Watch how we ignite the tower, blowing up the bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preaching open sauce, but don't listen to the code, and now it's mutiny community uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal. Which side the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking west side shit, needle and noose. Sticking with my armory, yam, beta, and bruise. Repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth. Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM fam. Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think, is a clear no. They started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, The shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rap fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat, now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts
GM fam, have a seat. If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you would be like, don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it. Just say like, is it, really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost us a lot more than what can be gained by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces.